0: Welcome, everybody, to the Low-Key Podcast. I'm Tim Mawar here with Keith Denny and Aaron Lanton. We're talking today about Fargo Season 5. Keith and I have seen every single episode of Fargo. We are longtime lovers of the show. Aaron is new to Fargo with the fifth season. Um, it's very hard for me to not do a bad Minnesota, North Dakota accent through this entire thing because it seems so fun. Um, but the show is by Noah Hawley, based, of course, on the Coen Brothers movie from 1996, um, rotating cast, uh, different story, but slightly interconnected story every season. This season centers around John Hamm as a very crooked, sort of militia-adjacent sheriff in North Dakota, uh, and Juno Temple as his ex-wife, who has escaped from him and who he's trying to recover through a series of schemes. Uh, We've also got a guy who is a, I guess, former sin eater from Wales, um, who may be 500 years old. We're not really sure what's going on yet. Um, a lot of just crazy stuff that happens in every season of Fargo. Uh, but the revelation that uh, of the Sin eater connection in season three, I think was the biggest, weirdest thing they've done so far.
1: Yeah, um, you had to fill me in um, as we move along. Cause... There's
0: no backstory on this. Have you gotten through the Sin eater episode?
1: Uh, we're talking about episode four.
0: Episode three, I think it was.
1: Uh, If we're talking about the dude who was covering himself in mud and blood, then yes, I witnessed that. Okay,
0: cool. If you're looking for us to explain the meaning of that or what the significance of that is, uh, no one has any idea.
1: Cool, gotcha.
0: It just happened out of nowhere. They've never gone back 500 years in the past before. It's just that kind of show. Um, I love The Hell Out of Fargo. I think it's my favorite thing that any I think it's my favorite thing on TV in the last 10 years. Um, But uh, why don't we start with Aaron? Because I'd love to get your just Cold take on coming into this as a newcomer, like I was last week with Sovereign. Uh, what's it called? Sovereign Reign Rain. Savage's Rain. 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 Yeah. Well, we
1: all were coming in new with that one. That, that one was like, you know, probably weren't weren't wasn't your cup of tea, ended up not being that. Um, for me, it's weird because this show, I have Fargo the film still like in DVD, um, wrapped up. Like, I still somehow have not just unwrap that bad boy i've had it since i was in college and just somehow have not done it it's, i've had this opportunity to watch it streaming all kinds of stuff, just hadn't gotten to it um and of course it's had uh i think this is the fifth season right mm-hmm. so sure? yeah so it's it's been critically acclaimed for some time again just hadn't gotten to it somehow so i'm hopping into it now finally we decided to cover it and i didn't really know what to expect i really tried not to Like, I've heard it's bizarre and it has all sorts of stuff happening, but it's crafted well. And I get that same sense here. Um, The show really... Sometimes we'll just do things. It's not going to explain. It doesn't really matter, right? Like, we just need to get to the thing we're getting to. So at the very beginning, we're never going to figure out why the hell the school board was fighting each other and it was neighbor versus neighbor. It really doesn't matter, right? Like, it's kind of just... That's the opportunity for us to get into what we're going to get into... She's going to accidentally take a police officer, which puts her in the national database. And the person looking for happens to be a member of the police force, which is OK, cool. All right. We're in there. Didn't have to, you know, we don't need a lot of explanation. We got right into it. So. The fact that it went through. I mean, I feel like the show in the pilot the passion called pot the first episode of season five goes through so many things that it's like enough plots for about three or four episodes of a normal show yeah and that that's really fascinating to me so and, and to see that it kept that pace up and it gave the characters a lot of different things to do in a lot of different places and it it holds your hand just enough like at the beginning of episode three to go okay you might not remember how this connected we're just gonna run it back for you real quick okay here we are again you know, um, just and and it's it's kind of careful not to try to lose you too much. Um, and it was weird because I was watching them back to back. So if that had been like a week from then, that would have been super helpful. Anyway, I just say it to say I can feel where in past seasons, people probably did get lost and they're trying like not to, you know, kind of leave people out of place. But I say that to say I think the show's well crafted. In many ways, like I feel like it's not a very good hang, like at least in this season. Like, I don't really like anybody except the asshole mom. She's great. And I think she's the only one who's making sense every scene, even though she's a horrible, you know, person morally, perhaps. But, like, everything she says makes sense. Everybody else is insane to me. But maybe that's the fairytale part of it. And I'm just, like, kind of. Because the thing is, like, it's. Man, like, it's got a lot of things that it's doing that I find fascinating. And it's definitely operating in a way that is in our world and not at the same time in so many different facets. And not just like where uh, the sheriff, John Hamm's character, is is staring at the ceiling and he can suddenly see Nadine uh, through the wall and she can feel his gaze. Not Mm -hmm. not that part, but more just like there's a way in which the it's like a very whimsical tone. And then it'll uh, rapidly switch that on you. You know, like in ways that can feel really jarring if not done well. But I think over here, normally it works okay. Sometimes it's a song's a little too wacky for me. But for the most part, I really am enjoying my time here. But I can definitely feel that it is a very it's it's just doing its own thing. Like it's just deciding it's not going to be in its own box. And it's doing that in ways that I feel like are intentional and that work, and in ways that are intentional and that don't work.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Keith, what do you think?
2: Well, you already know I I love Fargo. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's just be me sitting over here just constantly talking about how much I love the show. But I can do that. (laughs) But we were talking about before we got on the episode. We were talking about how it almost feels like a Martin Day fairy tale. It's yeah. kinda like you come into this situation realizing that and and even i I just love some about the beginning of it when it first starts off when they hit it, hit you with the this is a true story you know yeah. and so and 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 it's let you know it's really that you know this really isn't a true story this is super fabricated it's mm. it always sounds yeah. like i always think like um a story that somebody's grandfather would tell, yeah. And it's, like, super exaggerated. And there might be some truth to it. But you know, like, nah, there's no way in hell this type of shit happened. Like, well, and they again. even
1: linger on the word true at the start of episode right. four. Like, they kind of let, like, they, it, it's like, you know, uh, there's events of Essendon, a true story. And, like, they erase every word except true. Or let them all kind of, right. you know, all go away. So, yeah, fade away. That was pretty interesting.
2: Yeah, and it's such a it's such a beautiful way that they do it. And also, and in and, and the thing too, just the fact of like how the show is crafted where you can you can come in into any other, any season and it's like a whole different story. But then it then like towards the end, or like there's a small piece where you realize that it's connected to a past season. Yeah. Or it might be it might make sense later on in another season with a whole different story. And it just makes the payoff for things so much better. Mm-hmm. And also like with Spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't seen the movie, but it's, if if I spoil anything um, in in connection to the show, the um when um Nadine slash Dot is in the house and the guys come to abduct her, the scene is almost like beat for beat like the 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 film Fargo when the wife is kidnapped. But instead of the wife being helpless, you you find out, hey, this this woman is a badass. Like, like old Munch said, you sent me to go take, you know, kidnap a housewife, and I didn't know that the housewife was a tiger. Oh, yeah. And and and, and when we talk about characters, like I, I like her character. I don't like the decisions that she makes. but I like the fact that she's such a, she's almost was like a red herring for me. Like she, her character was nothing like what I expected her to be. And then it's also like these two sides of where she never um, even acknowledges it, only in certain points like her past life in any type of way or form. And she she's always she's trying to move on with this, I guess, this um fairy tale image, this fantasy image of this life that she wants to lead. And it, her past comes after her. And we've seen this type of movie, this type of storyline a thousand times. But it's the way that it's told here that I just I just really like I appreciate and Aaron I agree with you the mother in law is I lo- I love every scene where she's in and it <laughs> I, was, I was telling I was telling my wife how it's like she seems is I love how Fargo has characters that feel so out of place like her and Did you feel like, like the character Austin. that's
1: like act that got put into a movie she's like what the fuck is everyone else doing y'all are I'm insane. Just,
2: she feels like she comes from a, a, a 1960s film yeah. and she's thrown into this modern day set and she even talks like that and she acts like, like she feels like so so out of time and then she got this lawyer with the eye patch
0: Dave Foley who's like one of my favorite people who's ever done it from the right. kids ball. like I love that dude Well, you they, know
1: the funny thing about the grandma too that I love too is she loves she might disapprove of her grandchild, but she loved her grandchild. Yeah, <laughs> which is the funniest thing in the world. Like she, she got all this snarky stuff to say,
2: but is but she does care, which is funny. That's a that's a very grandparent thing. Most times, <laughs> like
0: she definitely intends to eventually get that grandchild into some kind of gender reconfiguration, right? Therapy thing.
1: What <laughs> is the thing? Like, like I, 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 I feel like that'd be her preference. Like if if the child actually she was like yeah, yeah immediately but I that's the thing I don't the way she talks and speaks about it I don't know that she would force it right but, which is interesting
0: that's how she reminds me a little bit of my grandmother um mm-hmm. who was like 90 and just had to roll with a lot of stuff that I know she didn't like but she did and she was cool about it and she was she was a good lady about it yeah um, she had yeah, like, but the
1: thing is the thing is, she's the times we see her acting out of pocket, it's because uh justifiably she don't yeah. trust, you know, uh the
0: daughter in law. Yeah, and you know a former bank on. robber or something? We don't know.
1: Like she's like, something. yo, yo, son, you gotta get out this this house now. I don't sure. really know what's going on, but she's crazy and we don't understand why. But there's hard evidence something happened that he claiming didn't happen and until we get you know some answers y'all shouldn't be really kicking it
0: and she's right I mean, that's the one thing when they had the big uh standoff in episodes three and four at the house i was like why are they not at the grandmother's house like the grandmother has so many guns right now again look see this
1: is the thing i have to i have to learn to just let go of logic sometimes
0: I, it's not, but it's like it's because of juno, the juno i forget her name The Nadine's. It's because of Nadine's pride and because Nadine wants to fuck with these guys for sure. She wants to like Macaulay them, but uh, (laughs) she like And
1: also she knows they're not going
0: to kill her. Yeah, but we know in the back of our heads like there's this tension of oh this is what they should do. There's always, it does a great job of setting up all these possibilities of things that are going to happen. Like we know the militia could show up at some point and that'll be interesting and the militia leader will be an interesting character. We know that we just know that all these interactions could happen down the line, and some will, and some won't, and that's it. Just sets up possibility so well, no, the inevitability so well, where you just do- go, when you get to every the end of every season of Fargo, you're like, that is the only way it could have played out. Like, I I wish that character was still alive. I wish these two had ended up together, but that's the only way it could have ended.
1: Well, the, my favorite, and again, I, it's clearly going to continue to have an impact in some way. And it's like sometimes it's played for uh, like a thriller moment. Sometimes it's played for laughs, but it was like I felt the moment happening. Like I mean, it was happening before this, but there was this one moment I was like, "Oh, they really to do this." So uh, the black cop—I uh, think it's Lamorne Morris—is playing him. Which mm-hmm. before looking him up I did not realize that's who that was it kind of blew me away but um, so he gets to the gas so this is after his partner's been shot up and he runs to the gas station where, where uh, Nadine Dorothy is mm-hmm. Um, and the man like he's already been shot at with an automatic weapon and he stands out looking into the, the dark of this oh, no. at nothing and I'm like you're not going to go inside I and so he gets shot in the leg. And I'm like, oh, we needed him to get shot in the leg for the rest of the season. <laughs> so that's why he didn't go in. <laughs> and so and it's played up later when, like, they go to the evidence locker. He goes, and oh, then no. uh, that guy's there, you know, taking the evidence, and he can't stop him. Um, and then later when uh, they are about to go check out the fire, and he was getting up. He was getting up all slow. <laughs> so they'll take stuff and use it. Not just in, in one way and i i, I do appreciate that I just find it funny so it's like the the thing you know the character for the limp in this case they just keep sometimes it's like oh he can't protect himself and other times it's like look how slow he is ha ha but I don't yeah. know I mean, it the, the moments like that do crack me up though I
2: appreciate them yeah it's I mean and and i I definitely also like the um oh I Another thing I've always liked about Fargo is like how many different characters they would have. And, yeah. and, and like, I think we were talking about this earlier, how you can... It's it's interesting way in where they will have a protagonist and then an antagonist. And then there's, there there's an antagonist to the antagonist. Yeah,
1: yeah, which they is, are. There's a lot of that going on. And, and is, like it's like enemies kinda, coming that you, don't, you can't even see. Like The audience knows they're coming. But the other people can see, like, the idea, for example, and I'm only, I, I finished episode of the episode four, but you can tell that the, the people in Minnesota and North Dakota and Manhattan are off in a clash in some way they can't see it. Yeah. And that, I don't, that is really fascinating. I think that's that's going to be really cool how it plays out. Yeah, yeah.
0: The, the fact
2: You're that <laughs>
0: I don't know what the character's name. What's his name again? The Sam Sproul guy, the guy who might be five hundred years old. Old Munch. Old Munch. Mm. The fact that Old Munch might end up being like the hero of the whole thing after we've been introduced to him as like this terrible guy is very funny. And oh, really? Know, Mr. Wrench became like ultimately a hero in the Fargo world. Like he went from being this terrible assassin in season one, I believe it was, to in the season three, like saving the day, uh, saving Nick. Wrench
2: the um, mute. You- I'm he's the, the he's
0: the deaf guy, yeah. He's, he's the only guy. one who's been in every season, but I don't think he was in season four.
2: Yeah, he's a pretty interesting character, too.
0: I feel like he's got to show up in season five. I can't is even season remember. Season four, the Chris five. Rock season? Yeah. Season four, is, yeah.
2: And season four goes back, and so he would have been a child in season four. That's why I he guess
0: said. he might have been in it, but I don't think he was.
2: No, he know. wasn't in season four, because it, it goes back in time. So like I said, he would have been a child then.
0: Because, it wouldn't you know, even we, be alive because it was like the 50s, right?
2: Right, but Bo King, Bo King Woodbine character was alive though, so I guess right. he would have been. Because you remember he was the little boy; he was yep. Chris Rock's son, yep. character son. Yeah,
0: oh, season um, four is his origin story. That's amazing. That was an amazing end to that.
2: Yeah, and you just it just kind of comes out of nowhere. You like what? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> this is-
1: you know, the one character so far, I don't know why the hell they're even there. And I'm not saying that, like, they don't need to be there or, like, I have no interest in seeing where it goes. But uh, the, I, can't, I don't know her name in the show, but the. Yes. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. The cop who, the, the, the lady cop.
0: Yeah, I'm she's like, very bro. straight. And so I don't, I'm curious where she's going to go, but I like the money problems. Like, they're going to do something good with that.
1: I don't mind the money problems. I just it's kind of like, like it's funny because it and it, it's it just so happens that I was watching Fargo. So this isn't even a dig at Fargo. It's just something that I noticed about. Um, I mean, and I've seen a lot of things across other uh, places of the globe, but every time somebody opens up a piece of mail and the camera shows it to you, it's always a past due deal. Oh, it's heard. never anything else. Great right, news! A love letter, <laughs> yeah. Unless it's, it's unless we know they're opening a love letter, it's a past due bill every time, from Peter Parker all the way to Fargo. Like it's super funny. Um, but yeah, I don't even know what I'm I about like
0: it. about the show is like the, the bill that they're trying to collect isn't that much like it's like twenty five hundred dollars it it isn't like life destroying it isn't like she owes like twenty five thousand dollars or two hundred fifty thousand dollars like it's like twenty five hundred dollars it's like it's a super annoying amount of money
2: Mm -hmm.
1: it's like but but the the funny part about that too is when they were going over the bill and uh the the telemarketer i mean telemarketer i shouldn't i I, kind of like telemarkets, but the Bill collectors talking to her yeah. and really being an asshole but then at, at the same time the the mom said it's a great customer service and the dude's going through the numbers like that isn't even possible and she's like yeah sure it is and he's like yeah your home, your uh son's house is on fire and she's like lying her way it, it's like this <laughs> is a metaphorical thing happening where like dudes calling out like that's not possible what you just said and then the, her son's house is literally on fire like it's super yeah, the contrast there in that scene is
0: is interesting. What do y'all think of the son, by the way? Wayne. I thought he looked kind of like to me, I might be the only one who thinks this. I, I feel like he looks a little bit like John Hamm. And I like that she like found like the gentle mm-hmm. version of brutal John Hamm, <laughs> Brutal Sheriff John Hamm. I can't. ever.
1: It, you know what? You made me think glasses, like Clark Kent not really could walk around with just glasses on and be fine, because I don't know how the hell you get John Hamm out of that face. Uh, not, and I'm not saying he's an ugly man. I just I, they look like different people to me.
0: Yeah, they they are, but there's something about him. I don't know. There's some he seems like almost like the gentle, like kind version of her ex-husband, of her mean, brutal. I mean, yeah,
2: that that's now that's definitely what they're setting up, I believe. Yeah, sure. that's probably what she was going for with being, you know, with moving on to another life, you know. We want to get a man that's exactly like the guy that you're trying to run away from, which is what I think. Some people probably would do in real life, but, but the, I guess that's the <laughs>
1: ironic thing about her, though, because she's kind of just
2: like him. Yeah, that's yeah, 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 yeah. And that's that's part that's a possibly part of the reason why he want her back. Dude, she's so terrifying. That's his, that's his soul, mate. soulmate. <laughs> her
1: violence isn't terrifying. It's all the other shit. Yeah. Like she's such a conniving person, and watching her. Really the scariest thing in the whole show to me was whole watching her turn her child into her. Right. Like when they're having to talk about the wires and what happened, and, and then the daughters start making up stuff. And I was yeah. like, oh my goodness, like this is yikes. And, and the thing that's so crazy about that is like again, even though like the grandmothers out there, you know, always kind of giving people gumption, she's right. She's turning her granddaughter into a monster.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and and I don't know. There's something interesting about it. like that Minnesota nice. Yeah, they brought up at the beginning, like even though the the grandma's coming in with that rich bougie ass Manhattan shit, she's a way kinder person than Nadine, like by a long shot. say actually kind, but yeah, no, she's I'm... a much kind when met with with. She's issue, more straightforward
2: if anything.
1: Well she threatened basically to give her get a grandmama that work if she kept coming on her with that bullshit.
0: They've all got crazy. good and bad features though, which is what I love about it. Like there's there's moments that I like Sheriff Roy Tillman. He's like kind of a terrible <laughs> person. But the, when he's going after the abusive husband, like you're being a <laughs> real dick to this guy, but I'm kind of enjoying it.
1: Yeah, yeah, Now the only person who doesn't have a redeemable moment is Gator.
2: Yeah, okay. Gator was going through it, but I'm a winner.
0: I'm a winner. Hey,
2: but Joe Joe Carey playing that role, man. He he <laughs> he playing the hell out of that role. <laughs>
0: he's so good. God,
2: like, but it's it's
1: funny because I've grown to like him so much in Stranger Things, and I'm like, oh man, he's such an asshole here. But he like so he is playing the hell out of the character. I'm just like, oh man, I hope like the next thing I see him, in, Like they, because the thing is. In Stranger Things, he doesn't really get to win in that show either. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like this show is the upside down version of what his character could have been. Yeah, you know. And I just want him to be in a show where he gets to be, where he gets to have plot armor, where good things get to happen to him. <laughs> and you know, he gets to smile and be and be joyful and stuff. He ain't even get the girl in Stranger Things.
2: But I you like know? that about him. I like the fact that he's like a, a kind of like a love, love, lovable loser in Stranger yeah. Things, you know, because he starts off as the asshole character.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, so like, I like
2: that too.
1: Yeah, but, but then it's like I'm seeing him lose in another show. they like, I like this guy. I want him to like
2: somebody yeah. give a plot armor or something.
0: You you see the movie Spree? I like it. Spree. What's that? He's the star of Spree, and he plays like a Lyft driver who is desperate for social media clout. And ends up going on a killing spree. It's very good.
2: Yeah, all heard of it Damn. Well, I don't want him to win
0: like that. Uh, I don't. I don't want to say anything <laughs> else. I think you would enjoy him <laughs> in a lead role, though, where he, in his own mind, for at least the time, is winning.
1: Nah, well, yeah, no. Well, no, yeah, I'm joking there. But I mean, that's that's cool. I was just hoping it was like you know maybe like it was like in California the sun was out. He was you know accidentally bumped some girl with ice cream and they just went He'll on He'll get a, an to adventure.
0: be Batman at some point. They'll give him Batman someday. <laughs> Someday. He needs to age. When he's a little bit older.
1: Uh, he like, hit his mid-30s
2: like Patterson. He'll be Indiana. a fucking killer
0: Batman, too. Yeah. I can see that. That's
2: funny. I guess that's that's for, you know, most, you know, um, dog-haired white men's <laughs> <laughs> that's the ultimate, that's the ultimate man- role. Yeah, when you come to manhood, you become Batman, you know.
0: It's, it <laughs> used to be like, I'm going to play Hamlet, and now it's like, how do I get to play
2: Batman?
1: <laughs> well, look. I guess the funny thing too is, like, does this show always give fan service to its female fans? Because I mean, that that John Hamas didn't serve a plot purpose.
2: That was just giving what they want. <laughs> and and with them uh, pierced nipples too, you know. Yeah, um, pierced
0: nipples? nipples.
2: Yeah, I I I, I noticed it. Yeah, he has pierced nipples, and so I was telling my wife. Oh, you said, talking about when he was in the bed? Yeah, and when he, you always saw him with Pierce nipples when he was in the bathtub and stuff, I just—I like, wasn't, wasn't really looking like that, but it's just—that is mean, funny it's, it's kind of hard not to notice. I was uh, telling my wife, I said, I wonder—is it—is it just that John Ham has Pierce nipples, or does the character has Pierce nipples because it's That's kind
0: of—I <laughs> don't want to speculate, but Don Draper, his last character, assuredly did not have. Pierce, there's not a Pierce nipples guy, so, so probably I don't know they what the nipples did. even mean, but it means something. And...
1: It, it, so, yeah, that's the whole thing. I'm sure there's just it means something I don't know nothing about, but they probably just got like a prosthetic, someone just slapped it on, and it's like a suction thing. Like, I wouldn't think far about that. <laughs>
0: It'd be real funny if the actor was like, I'm not taking them off.
2: I think that might have been what happened. That's what I'm really thinking happened. Like, he, he did it himself, and they were like, Hey, this guy, this character wouldn't work. You like, well, I'm not taking them off, so it is.
0: He's like an ex football <laughs> guy who is from, I believe, Kansas. I don't buy it. I don't think he had pierced I like both possibilities a lot. <laughs> I mean, they're they're really oh, funny.
2: I'm, like, <laughs> I, I tell you, I tell you, I do like that because it's so it's so weird. But it kinda, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it, it kind of fits with a character if he's kind of um, uh, if he has like masochist type tendencies. Yeah. I guess too. Because cause then I was thinking about, like, with his wife, and she had, like, the little chest with all the little, you know, role-playing things. I had some she'd be
1: playing the roles, not him, but I get what you're yeah, saying. Yeah,
2: maybe he play – I mean, people – guys play roles, too. I mean, not saying I know anything about that, but there's people that do stuff like that. It sounds but, fun. I don't think – role.
1: there's no role-playing. role, role playing. It just sounds like a lot of work.
0: But does, you know? like, the Dominant in that situation have the nipple the nipple rings? That feels like a submissive thing to me.
1: So yeah, that's what I'm saying. That that's why. So it, it's funny you mention that because I didn't yeah, even yeah, notice oh, nipple ring, but yeah. but I was wondering which role he played when we were watching it. No, so, yeah, I don't made, know. yeah but, but I did notice
2: those nipple
1: rings. That that did stand out to me. That's Super so funny. <laughs> I, I literally, I, I it should have stuck out to me. I, I guess uh, upon a second watch, I was having to
0: notice. I'll but I'll, uh, I'll do, go down a Google rabbit hole for the next uh, week and report back on w- what that all means in the in the BDSM community.
1: I, I would say I'm sure there, there's a Reddit thread about, uh, uh, you know, on Fargo uh, subreddit that's like, hey, I'm sure we're going to go over this. Here's the symbolism of John Ham's nipple rings.
0: Whatever that means. And that's our show. Uh, Keith, where can we find, <laughs> where can the people find us on the socials? <laughs> that's a funny, to to sleep any like, that's
2: a funny way to, to end the episode on nipple rings, because as you were saying that I was looking up why um he has nipple rings and nothing kind of came up. Um
0: we're gonna own that Google that Google search. They yeah. said
2: according to series creator Noah Hawley, a rural sheriff sporting a few nipple rings was a part of his vision of Tiger King America. Hmm. I don't know what that means, but we'll look into that. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, guys, you guys can find us on Instagram at the Lowkey Pod. For
0: sure. Aaron, anything to promote? Nah, not today. Um, I'm going to say <laughs> the next issue of Movie Maker Magazine out in January will feature uh, some prominent people involved in the Fargo movie. Oh, cool! Interesting.
1: Oh, good. All right, that's exciting well can't wait to see it all right uh, well we have just so many good things to pick from there's so many awesome like tv shows and movies coming out so um we'll pick something that's going to be good that we'll be really excited to talk about next week and we'll holler y'all in the next one peace see ya.